Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast show, a podcast that helps foster respect through inclusion, service, and equity. This is episode 14 with your host, Stacey Hegarty, the vice president of ENI, and Jeff Andrews, the president of Business of Child Care. And today, they will be discussing fortifying infrastructure and equity in child care with business education. Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast. I'm Stacey Hegarty, Vice President of Equity and Inclusion for Envision Rise. My guest today is Jeff Andrews, President of Business of Child Care. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Stacey. So excited to be here today. It's so much fun. We are thrilled to have you, and you and I met in our previous lives in higher education, so it's always fun to reconnect with people and see what they're doing now. So catch me up. How are things? What's been going on? Well, I'm staying really busy. I appreciate it. Business of child care is a really, really busy and top of mind topic these days for a lot of reasons. And so we're just really having a great time, frankly, connecting business owners, child care business owners with resources and training and technical assistance that helps them be great business owners so they can focus the the great work they do with young children and supporting families and communities around the country. What is the current state of child care? It's been on the news so much, especially since the last 18 months with the pandemic and how that has changed the way that we're looking at child care. So how's it looking now? Child care is a very complicated business often for parents who drop their children off. We kind of take a note that their child's going to be safe for the day. And when they come back at a minimum, they're in as good a shape as we dropped them off. But it's much more than that, right? There's a lot of hopes for child care providers and the work that they do, training, education. But when we look at it more broadly at a, a macro level, and you pointed it out, the pandemic has really been a moment in time, I think. The whole country is reflecting child care differently. What used to be just a family and child concern, even in my work, is bubbling up to community level. I've got the business community, obviously, with a vested interest in the strength of our child care infrastructure. And unfortunately, we've seen some not so great outcomes, right? Certainly, child cares have suffered through the pandemic, as many other businesses. And we know that when we look at it broadly for those child care businesses that have closed, even an in-home family child care serving 10 children that closes, in many cases, that's 10 families tomorrow uh, scrambling to find quality child care. And so the negative impact really, and again, it's in the headlines, is that our workforce has reduced as a result of shortages of childcare and the staff that does it. And unfortunately, it's disproportionately affected women in the workforce We've seen a big pullback, which is just not a good thing at all for all sorts of reasons. And so it's really, I think, like I said, becoming more top of mind for folks that maybe hadn't before seen it as a critical need or a need that was as impactful as they now see it. Let's talk a little bit about some of those underserved communities that are really probably disproportionately impacted, as you mentioned, when childcare isn't available or something happens that way. You know, of course, women, but of course, on top of that, communities of people of color, our Black communities, our Hispanic communities are all being so impacted by what's happening in childcare. Are you seeing that or is that not accurate? You know, I think we do see it. I think from an availability of care, we already know in in many of our urban centers, there are childcare deserts where frankly, just childcare isn't available. 
And so we think about the domino effect that has on that family, right? Because suddenly an individual, an adult, because we don't like to leave small children home by themselves, has to pull back from the workforce. And we think about it just generally. We know that that impacts our trajectory towards our own family's dreams and goals and outcomes that we might be driving for because suddenly we have this huge disruption. And I think a business of childcare, what we really focus on also, though, and it's a flip way of thinking about it, is the workforce that's actually doing this great work. Uh, we have a lot of, I would say, populations that frankly don't have the same equitable access to the training and the know-how and kind of the nuances of how to run a successful childcare business. And so we focus on really trying to break down those business concepts and things, frankly, that in business owners will laugh at me when I say this. Many folks that get into childcare didn't get into it because they want to run uh, spreadsheets and profit and loss statements. And we appreciate that, right? We love the fact that they're really drawn to the field to do the work that helps children grow. And we know how impactful zero to five is. So beyond even the business side, we know that kids who have missed out even in the last year and a half really have been impacted developmentally. And that impact is going to be seen for years to come. Um, that's why I think I'm so drawn to this work. My daughter, who's now 14, as she came into the world and found herself in a family childcare setting, I was also doing work in higher education around uh, helping grow the field from a professional perspective. And it really tied the two together when you start to see the impact, even for my own daughter, that those earliest years had. And for many of us working adults, we rely, we hope, in many cases expect that professional is doing the great work that sets all of our kids up on that trajectory. So bringing it back to an underserved population realm, which existed, frankly, before the pandemic and has only been exasperated, how do we make sure we're filling that gap? Because otherwise we continue to, I think, perpetuate sometimes the learning gap and the development gap that we see so often, whether pre or post pandemic. You bring up such an interesting point because when we're talking about child care as an equity building piece, normally in my day to day, we're thinking of it in terms of what it means for the workforce, what it means for a working parent. You're bringing up a different point here, which you're talking about future equity for the children. And that's really a fascinating thing that without this kind of early childhood education, it really is setting children back. How are you working with childcare providers? And I know you're in the business of childcare, obviously, business of childcare. <laughs> so Jeff, tell me, what are you seeing from the providers? What kinds of obstacles are they running into? And how does business of childcare help them overcome those obstacles? You know, I think the obstacles and in this field, it's not surprising. There are a lot of stakeholders that want childcare to do things, right? And I mentioned as a society, as an economy, we think about it as I have a place, a safe place to bring my children and I can go to work and do my things. But we sometimes forget about all the work that's happening in the actual childcare and the regulations and the increasing expectations of parents and families. And we think about the connection to the school districts, right? When we think about childcare business owners, and I say this often in a lot of training that I do, they wear a lot of hats, you know, from moment to moment, they're wearing a lot of hats. And we think about even in-home family childcare providers, we sometimes forget the fact that they've signed up for a 60 hour week 
as long as they do this. Why? Because as parents, we need them to be open, not only the actual hours we work, but the time it takes us to get to work and get back from work. And so I think for childcare business owners, they feel the pressure, right? They are drawn to this field to do great work for children. And I think inherently all of them come to do that. And yet we want them to continue growing and improving and doing all these things. And so at Business of Childcare, I think, again, we're trying to simplify some of the business management components that allow them to stay in business. Because on top of doing all these great things with children, if they're not, again, meeting their own personal goals and their own hopes in life, unfortunately, there may be other venues that they can go do that better. And that's a detriment to that neighborhood, to that community, because that childcare is no longer there. And it's a disruption for the children. I even think about how stability for kids at any age, but certainly in those earliest stages, is important. Well, I just met somebody last night at a community meeting. She went through six childcare business owners in two years. Now, part of that was retirement, but think about the impact just for the child, right? So there's just all of these pressures, all of these demands. Uh, and good demands, right? No one will ever argue the the validity of, uh, but it's how do you connect them in ways that make their lives manageable too. These, I tell community groups all the time, you know, we get frustrated when our childcare has to close for the day or is unavailable. And yet we sometimes forget they're not robots, right? No, I don't imagine ever, at least in my lifetime, we'll ever have automated childcare. And so we have to, even as parents and families and consumers of childcare, especially in our communities and neighborhoods where we don't have large centers and big operations. These are people, these are people with families. These are people that, you know, on top of doing this great work are also doing a lot of other things. And so I think for us, it's, it's really just trying to help create systems, process that get to the point that understand as adult learners, even when we're learning about new things, we don't necessarily have the time to take a semester long course, even though we might want to. So how can we empower folks to make those decisions that benefit them at the same time they benefit the families and children they serve. So you're telling me Rosie from the Jetsons not going to happen. Well, I don't, you know, and maybe, you know, the world's always changing. But I think, Stacey, the other thing that we do really focused on the business owner, and this is about underserved populations, and it's a really important thing for me, and it's really driven by curiosity. What we've accomplished in recent years is really what I often term, we step out into traffic and try things. And the reason we do that is one example, Hispanic population that I'm working with, uh, 14 women, amazing women, who all speak Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish. And so just in that, we've tried to connect what I offer, the business background and theory. But the truth is, it won't work if I do it. And so one example is we figured out on Zoom, of all things, that you can have translation channels, language translation channels. And so in order to kind of try, right, that's all it was to begin with, we were able to conduct four business training sessions that were fully translated in session. We also went a step further and we had all the written materials translated into to Spanish as well. And some folks may say, well, why is that so important? Well, here's the truth is that I've been in places around the country where even as you're preparing to get licensed as a childcare business owner, if you don't speak and write English, you're kind of out of luck. There's actually places where the licensing documents, this very important list of regulations, rules and things that we want you to do, uh, it's not available in your native language. And why is that important or why is that noteworthy is that 
we think about the highly regulatory nature of childcare, we think about the importance of safety of children, it's not going to give somebody a lot of confidence to take on that risk and to take on all those things when you can't even in your own language understand uh, what some of the laws and regulations are, right? So little things that really wouldn't be that difficult to resolve. Uh, that's what, again, we focus on. How do we just go ahead and make it happen, right? It may not be perfect. It may not be the end thing that you're doing six months or a year from now. But if you don't ever go out and try to bridge that gap, and be genuine and authentic about it. That's the key, right? Every audience I've worked with, I've worked with a group of Somali women. I, again, there's a language barrier, but the truth is, and one woman at the end said, you know, I just so appreciate you coming out and trying, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't perfect. It wasn't the best thing I've ever, and she was blunt about it, right? But she <laughs> said, you showed up and you brought along the tools that you thought, and hopefully you're continuing to learn so that the next time around, it's even better. And I think that's kind of a piece of it too, is, we really stay focused on, and I think as a field of early child education, always been the case, but how do we keep making sure that we're responding to what's happening today versus what might've been great 10 years ago, even five, even two years ago, right? The pandemic for all the hardship it's brought has really been an equalizer of access in some ways. But then again, now you deal with the broadband issue. If you're in rural America and you don't have internet, well, some of the services we offer. So it's always just constantly focusing on and really coming from a place of understanding maybe what a little bit of other people's experiences are and how can you make that experience moving forward better, right? That's our philosophy. So yeah, you can tell, I love this work. It's a passion of mine to really help make it better. Because in the end, to your point earlier, the kids are the ones that benefit. Because if we have business owners who are meeting their own goals and aren't figuring out how they're going to eat at the end of the week, they're going to be far better working with our kids and doing those really important things that we need to happen for all kids, uh, zero to five around this country. For the business owners, what are some of the, especially the ones who are new at this, that maybe babysitting their families, children for a couple of years and have decided to expand into an actual, maybe in-home childcare business, what are some of the early obstacles that they might run into where business of childcare can help them? I think fundamentally, and it's for every business, right? It is starting with the fundamentals. And I think sometimes I've been in the world of kind of entrepreneurship and small business for over 20 years, and it kind of repeats itself. And I think sometimes in the excitement of starting things new, right? We've got our family and friends hopefully cheering us on and we're excited. We sometimes can skip over some of the fundamental steps that help us find success in whatever business, right? And this isn't unique to childcare. I've seen it play out in in all sorts of businesses. And so I think what we really focus on is helping people think about, you know, you're not going to learn everything you need to know before you start a business, right? That's, this is not possible. And I think about all the school I went to, to have, you know, my background in business, not possible and, and frankly, not of interest. And so I think when I work with new business owners, one of my favorite activities every week that I do is, is really helping them think about the idea that no ship has ever arrived in a port somewhere without a map. Right. And that sounds silly and it sounds whatever, but it's true. Right. Even for any of us today or this weekend, we're going to go somewhere that we haven't been before. What do we do? We pull up our maps program and we put that destination and it tells us the route to get there. I use that analogy. It's the same thing when we're starting a business. You got to know where you're going. 
right? Not just that you're going to provide great childcare and you're going to do all these amazing things that I hear these business owners doing for their families and children, sometimes over the top even, right? But that's the passion that they bring. But I say, you got to know, number one, what is it you personally have to make or benefit from doing this? Because if we don't start with you as the first thing on the priority list, you will always be the leftover. Right. And this, again, comes back to the reason why people get out of businesses, why people leave any business, not just childcare. At some point, it doesn't meet their goals. So I remind business owners, any business owner, but in particular in childcare, is know where you need to be first, then layer on all the great things you're going to do. And then let's make sure the equation balances out. Right. Because that's the trap many new business owners get themselves in is they kind of go, well, I'm just going to go, 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 and I'll build, build, build. And then someday it'll all work out. Well, hope's not a strategy, right? So we think about equipping them with some of those basics and also building, I guess, some of the critical thinking skills. And that sounds really whatever lofty, but the idea I say to people and has been true in the last 18 months as I worked with folks and stood before audiences, never in my life of consulting and helping coach businesses and everything else did I say, and when the pandemic comes, (laughs) do this, right? But the truth is we have many pandemics that happen every day, right? Many pandemic for some is my childcare business isn't open today. And maybe the wrong term to use, but it's the idea that we come across problems all the time, challenges, things like that. And the key is fundamentally always to come back to and understand what's the problem that you have and where you want to be before you figure out the solution, right? We often go to solutions and then hope that will get us to a desired outcome. So it's really just fundamentals. It's not overcomplicating it, frankly. Let's not make this more than it needs to be. Let's get you equipped with the skills that help you be a good business owner, be a good partner with your families, be a great contributor to the work that you do in your communities. It's got to start with the business owner. And that's what we focus on. All right. So with your focus on the business owner, I am assuming that let's say someone is setting up a new in-home childcare and they say, what do I need to buy to start? Is that something that they go to you for, or are you partnering with people who have expertise in their area? Because what I'm hearing you say is that your focus is on the business and not necessarily the culture within that child care. Is that fair? Well, that's true. I don't hide it at all. I say to folks, I don't know what you're going to do with the kids all day. I just need to know how much it costs. But you do bring up a good point, right? Is What business of childcare, and really I think the problem that we aim to solve, and I'm not apologetic about it, we're here for the business owner. We're here first and foremost to make sure that that business owner is strong, the business owner is meeting their own goals so that they can be that part of the overall structure that we have. And so I think that we try and we're continuing to build. We just launched a new partnership with an organization called the Care Connection out of Ohio that's going to come in and their focus and expertise is on staffing. I can generally talk to folks about staffing, but what we know and we hear from the field is center directors even saying, you know, I got promoted into this role. I'm really great with kids and I can tell the teachers what to do, but I don't know how to build a staffing plan. And so the business of child is really about, again, 
getting to the point and in a quick and as efficient way as possible, equipping that business owner with the fundamentals of what a staffing plan might be. And the Care Connection is going to be a great partner to help engage that. And it also allows us to really diversify our presentation. Because frankly, I'm an anomaly in childcare, and that may be why people keep me around. But right, no one's going to put me in a classroom to, to care for children. And so how can we connect, though, whether it's an equipment vendor or a retirement, right? A lot of family child care providers want to retire. Well, we're working right now on finalizing a partnership with a well-known organization that will provide, again, some of that quick and easy learning for these business owners that give them confidence. It's all about confidence. We all, in all of our lives, know that when we're confident about something, we're much more likely to go and act upon it. But if you've maybe been in a family that generationally never saved, never saved for retirement, maybe those terms and things just weren't talked about at the dinner table, how would you even know? Where would you start? And frankly, if you go out online and just type in, I want to retire, you got 4 million results. And so we also work to curate, make sure we're bringing in the kind of cutting through the chase, so to speak, and making sure that we're giving the opportunity for these business owners to connect with those partners who, as much as they do what they do, are also understanding and invested in supporting this, this amazing field. You're doing some really amazing things, and I'm really looking forward to see how business of child care grows. I've got one last question, and this is not related to business of child care at all. This is related to just you. Past 18 months, everybody's been reevaluating, maybe learning <laughs> some new things, especially while we were in lockdowns and quarantines and all that kind of stuff. Any new hobbies? What have you learned over the pandemic? Well, you know, I, yes, because I'm a curious guy. I actually, funny enough, and I don't know if anybody would call it a hobby, I actually took kind of a personal goal of just wellness. And that hobby, as a result, is walking. I walk about 14, 15,000 steps a day and really found being outside clears the mind. You get to see the birds and everything else. More functionally, though, I, I have to share that I've become a co-pilot in the crafting of all things. <laughs> My wife purchased one of those crafting machines and what she quickly realized and I guess naturally maybe came to me is that math is important when you're getting the measurements for all of your things that you're making. And so my little insequential, but maybe important role is making sure that the measurements uh, line up. But we've had fun with that. I think, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of hardships from the pandemic. I'll tell you that one of the biggest things that I'm most grateful for is really increased relationship with my daughter. Not that we had a bad one before, but suddenly when you are locked down and you've run out of interest, even in your phone and screens, and everything else, dad's still sitting there, right? And so suddenly we, I think, really created a stronger bond. So I feel fortunate, mindful of the fact that many have not had a good run and always thinking about that. I think it's, again, kind of just a life approach of fortune I woke up this morning. So what great things can I make happen as a result of that opportunity. So just having fun, being outside. I think everybody's gotten outside more, which is just really great to see. I'm also a camper. I love camping. So we were able to do a little bit more of that, which was even at the time, social distancing and everything else was appropriate. But in truth, my hobby is business. You know, you ask anybody around me, I'm always thinking about business. And I enjoy that too, right? Because the benefit of business is at the end, there's an outcome for somebody. And when we think about childcare, we think about all these individuals, it's not big corporations and businesses, right? It's our neighbors, it's our friends, it's our family doing this work. And so 
life is good. And I you know, appreciate being a part of this and sharing some of the work that we're doing. And, and I think really bringing visibility to the fact that there's a lot more we can do and certainly for kids and families, but also not forgetting the actual folks doing the work and the great work that they do above and beyond really every day. Where can people find more about Business of Child Care? How can they reach you? Wow, we made it pretty easy. www.businessofchildcare.com. You can find more information about our kind of mission and our goal, as well as learning more about the ever-increasing opportunities to connect and learn and and really benefit from the partnerships and things that we've put together that, again, focused on the business owner, making sure they're doing okay, too. Well, Jeff, thank you for sharing everything that you're doing. I've gained a lot of insight that I didn't have about the childcare industry before. I appreciate it. Always good to talk with you. Always positive and uplifting. If you'd like to find more about Envision Rise, you can find us at EnvisionRise.com. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, diversity and inclusion should not be treated as a one-off initiative. And so with your help, we can get this message to more people. Subscribe, rate, and review the show and be a part of making a difference because it starts with you.